Hello and welcome to episode 161 of Rain Delay Radio, a baseball podcast. My name is Nime. Today uh, we're going to have part two of Dylan and Ryan's expansion draft and all of that chat with uh, Dylan, Ryan, and Pat. So that's coming up. Uh, but first, I got an intro for you with some news. Uh, just me on this intro. We got a nice fat uh, segment for you. Uh, so I'm just going to talk a little bit of uh, of the news of the week. Uh, first of all, the big news of the week Shohei Otani's married. Uh, that is. That's the top voted post from the week on r slash baseball, which is a little bit funny. Uh, not surprising, but yeah, Choi Otani announced that he's married to quote unquote a normal Japanese woman. So that's its own thing. Um, doesn't doesn't actually matter that much, but congratulations, to Shohei Otani. It matters to him and, and his wife and, and all that. Uh, there was a an article. Uh, this week uh, about the Fanatics CEO talking about the MLB uniforms. Uh, They said they're getting the bleep kicked out of them. Uh, Said, a difficult position for us. We're doing everything as we've been told, and we're getting the bleep kicked out of us, so that's not fun. Uh, Essentially, uh, passing the buck onto MLB and Nike uh, for saying this is what to do, and they did it exactly as, uh, quote-unquote, according to Michael Rubin, exactly as they were told to. Uh, Now, I have, um, I don't know if it's ever really come up on the podcast, uh, and I haven't been on the last few weeks, so I haven't really gotten a chance to talk about it much, but I hate fanatics, and I've hated fanatics for a long time, um, particularly, so it's it started from their, uh, like, I think their, their actual, like, the way their business started, if you don't know about fanatics, the way their business started was as a retailer of, of clothing online um, uh, through their website, fanatics.com and, and fansedge.com. I don't know if that was a competitor that they bought or if it was always just like a self-competitor. Um, there, there's, I, I don't know if you know this business practice, but sometimes sites will create two websites, companies will create two websites that ostensibly compete against each other, but actually it's the same company. So you're getting, they're getting all the money anyway. Uh, anyway, so I never really liked Fanatics as a retailer. Uh, I used to work at Lids uh, and Lids website uh, at some point Lids website was great and then at some point Fanatics took over that Fanatics has some like not exactly a monopoly on online sports uh, retailing but uh, almost a monopoly they they have they have a giant giant uh, percentage of it and that has allowed them to make it worse and worse um I find the quality of Fanatics apparel to be bad. That's, that's again, well-known, well-documented. Most people find Fanatics apparel to be bad. Fanatics started uh, making the official replica uh, NHL jerseys a few years ago. Widely hated. Everybody I know who likes hockey jerseys hates the Fanatics jerseys. Uh, they will be taking over the NHL contract in a couple of years as well. Nobody's excited about that. Um, so... Uh, it's one of these things where if Fanatics didn't have this history of making really bad, low-quality garbage uh, and and having poor quality control, then maybe you could believe Ruben and you could believe him saying, oh, Nike said this and MLB said this and, and you know, it's kind of on them. We just did what we, wanted, what we were told to do. Um he said, quote unquote, biggest thing I probably learned is if we're involved in something, we need to make sure everybody's better on board. They got certain players on board, but not all players on board. Uh, any, anyway, um, he also said, by the way, time will tell, but I believe Nike will be proved right about the uniforms being an improvement. Uh, it's it's kind of wild. I, I think it's 
it's not shocking. I mean, we've seen these uniforms. They're very clearly bad. And Fanatics has a track record of making bad stuff. It's like, it's just, it's like I said, it's so tough for me to to have uh, Fanatics like pretend that they, that they are not, <laughs> you know, that they're not the problem. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever. Um, moving on, uh, we've got a couple of things. Uh, this is again, a little small thing. The Utah house passed a, uh, bill that would require any future MLB team to include Utah in its name. Um, uh, obviously, you know, I think talk has been bouncing around for expansion uh, for a little while, uh, and people have been discussing various places. Um, Salt Lake City has been up there uh, in terms of cities that, that could potentially get uh, a, a, a team. Um, obviously, Oakland is up there as well uh, after the Las Vegas move. Montreal has been discussed for a while. Nashville, Charlotte. So there's a lot of options, but, uh, but it looks like Salt Lake is really, really pushing for it. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a team. Um, a couple of things. So last week, uh, we recorded right before the news broke of Cody Bellinger being signed. Uh, that Cody Bellinger contract kind of came back this week. Uh, the Cody Bellinger contract is three years, $80 million. Uh, I forget exactly what the split is. Um, but uh, uh, it's three years, $80 million with an opt-out each year. I believe it's an even split, uh, but it's it's something around, something like an even even split um so uh, uh and, and you know the, these were two of uh if you listen to last week's episode pat had a whole rant about the boris four which were uh cody bellinger matt chapman um blake snell and jordan montgomery uh and uh uh so bellinger signed for that 380 contract matt chapman a very uh, bellinger with the cubs matt chapman a very similar contract with the giants uh, uh three years 54 million dollars same thing opt-out after each season so it's 20 his breakdown is 20 million 18 million 16 million with an opt-out after each season uh, I find this really interesting. I feel like Matt Chapman seemed like he was going to earn more money. And it's like, this seems like a huge L for, uh, for Boris as an agent. Uh, I think, you know, we, we've, we've known sort of the Boris agent stuff for a while to be, you know, he's, he's always kind of been super duper, aggressive and uh not always to the benefit of the player uh chapman is a couple years older than bellinger but they've been in the league the exact same amount of time they both uh the both of their rookie years was 2017 um chapman i mean bellinger obviously like has an mvp and a rookie of the year um but uh but also has some really really bad seasons whereas chapman doesn't have any mvps he has a couple of top 10 finishes um but uh also has been more consistently good uh throughout his career uh without really any down seasons um you know he doesn't ha- he hasn't had the sort of peak that he had in 2018 2019 uh, uh but neither has bellinger both of the exact same baseball reference war last year uh so it's interesting to me that matt chapman gets 30 million dollars less than cody bellinger uh, uh matt chapman with the giants bellinger again with the cubs um i'm shocked <laughs> that uh that Chapman got so much less than Bellinger. He's, you know, he's 
over 30, right? And Bellinger's under 30, but it's not that big of a difference. Bellinger was born July 95. Uh, Chapman was born in 93, April 93. So it's almost exactly a two-year difference, which doesn't feel like it accounts for a $30 million difference, uh, which is, you know... "Quote unquote guaranteed." There's the opt-outs and whatnot, but it's essentially guaranteed. Um, so two fascinating contracts, and and we're gonna have to have to keep an eye now then on uh, on the pitchers, um, uh, which are of course uh, Montgomery and Snell, and see sort of what goes on with them uh, if they sign these kinds of deals, which are they're interesting, right? I think the Chapman deal is. Okay for Chapman, uh, but again, it just feels like I should have gotten a lot more money. The Bellinger deal feels like, you know, at best, like if, if the best case scenario for the Cubs is he is good and leaves and signs another contract in the offseason. Maybe stays with the Cubs, maybe doesn't. Uh, and the worst case scenario is he's bad and opts in <laughs> and then he's just bad for the Cubs. Like, I, I don't see a real positive scenario for them. Uh, for, for the Chapman contract, I mean, the Giants, I don't know what they're doing. They feel like they still feel like a third place team in that division. Um, maybe they're just going for a second or third wild card. And, and that's, you know, that's not a bad thing to be right now. But um, I, 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 yeah, I don't really... I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really get it uh, for the Giants. I don't. I don't get what they're doing. But this move seems like pure gravy for the Giants. I mean, a, a player of Chapman's caliber for the amount of money they're paying him is really, really good. And most likely, he's really good this year. Opts out of the rest of the deal and then gets signed next year to a bigger deal. Uh, I just don't understand why he didn't get a bigger deal this year. Like I understand why teams would want to hedge on Bellinger, um, but. Uh, I, I don't understand um, the the Chapman thing. Like it just it feels like he's a really good defensive uh, third baseman, really solid offensive third baseman. Uh, I feel like a lot of teams could have used that, and I don't understand <laughs> why nobody paid him. Um, anyway. Um, Moving on a little bit, uh, J.B. Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, uh, was asked about the White Sox building a new stadium. Uh, his response, the idea of taking taxpayer dollars and subsidizing the building of a stadium does not seem like it should have a higher priority. These are private businesses. Um uh, the Sox, the Bears uh, want new stadiums. The Cubs are also uh, in talks. They're also trying to get money for uh, for improvements to Wrigley Field. Um, he said he doesn't shut the door on stadium money, but hasn't seen a reason to cough it up yet. This is interesting. Uh, Pritzker is a... Um, He's a wealthy man himself. And so I think, you know, it's, it's interesting, I think, when when a lot of politicians will cough up that money and be like, you know, uh, 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 like uh, allow teams to take that money. But I think with Pritzker, Pritzker can be like, look, I'm also a billionaire. I know how much liquid capital you have. There's no reason for you to take taxpayer money and do this. You have the money to do this. And I think we've talked about stadiums and, and stuff like this before and how taxpayers shouldn't really have the burden for, for propping up billionaire private businesses. Um, so it's, it's, it's uh, interesting to see a 
somebody in such a high position, the governor of Illinois, uh, uh, sort of pushing back on that kind of thing. Um, I'm going to do a quick note of the Phillies canceled dollar dog night at the ballpark. Uh, I am not going to do, I'm sure Pat will be on next week and I'll let him do a full hour rant on the Phillies canceling dollar dog night. I just want to mention it. It was a big story around baseball this week. Uh, but I'm, I'm certain that Pat is angrier than, uh, than anybody. (laughs) So there's nothing really I can say about that. Um, and then uh, MLB on Fox mo- noted that the league is considering lowering the maximum of 13 pitchers per team to 12 with the goal of placing a greater emphasis on starters. Um, interesting thought. I get it. Uh, but it just, it, I don't know. It, it, it seems to me like it, it's the kind of thing that's going to, blow up in their face uh uh you know you're overworking athletes i think the player association won't be happy about it uh you know even having 13 kind of is is putting stress on staffs um so i i i understand i i get it i understand where it's coming from um but uh i just don't I don't see it really happening, uh, uh, particularly, I mean, we don't, I don't know. It's, I'm somebody who likes innings eaters as a, as a job and that job has died out uh, and do not, do not talk to me about Jordan Lyles. Do not, do not tell me Jordan Lyles is an innings eater. Uh, here, I'm going to get on my, my, uh, Pat rant soapbox An innings eater. Jordan Lyles has not thrown more than 180 innings in a se- I think maybe once in a season, maybe twice. Uh, that's not an innings eater. Like if you look at like true proper innings eaters, the kind. Uh, sorry, once Jordan Lyles on 180 innings one time in his career it was in 2021. He was 179 in 2022, and then 177 and two thirds last year. Before that, his max had been 141 and two thirds. That is not an innings eater. That is a bad pitcher. He's a bad pitcher. That's what he is, right? Uh, if you look at the innings eaters of the past, the innings eaters of my youth, uh, uh, the go-to example there, Bronson Arroyo. Bronson Arroyo, uh, in 2004, through 178 and two-thirds innings. In 2014, through 86 innings. Uh, between those two seasons, between and in that nine or ten year span uh his lowest was 199 and his highest was 240 and two-thirds that's an innings eater (laughs) that is somebody who eats innings that's somebody who comes out pitches every fifth day maybe they you know he had like a four war in that span uh let me see exactly i don't know four war uh four era in that span 4.1 era in that span right not a great pitcher a perfectly adequate pitcher who threw a lot of innings was reliably out there every five days and threw six or seven innings every every start, right? Uh, maybe eight or nine. Uh, that's an innings eater. That is not does not exist in baseball anymore. Whether that's good or that's bad, that's that's up to you to decide. Um, but. Uh, do not come at me and tell me that Jordan Lyles is an innings. I was about to curse, uh, which we don't do on this podcast. Do not come at me and tell me that Jordan Lyles is a bleeping innings eater. Uh, he just is just bad. He's just bad. That's all he is. He can throw pitches, right? He'll throw all the pitches he can. Uh, obviously, he's better at baseball than I am. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that I'm any good. Jordan Lyles is just bad, and he shouldn't be in the majors. And uh, uh, thank God for the pitch clock, because that dude, like, 
the way he abused his time on the mound just uh uh i i one of my least favorite baseball players of all time um one interesting thought, by the way, I forgot to mention this when I was talking about the uh, the uniform. Sorry, it's a little bit stream of consciousness. Uh, the Royals have full size uh, lettering on their jerseys, and it's because they lobbied for it. They had like a specific, they asked for it, they fought for it, and they got to keep their full size lettering. I think other teams didn't realize that was an option. I think other teams didn't realize they could fight for it, and so they and so the Royals fought for it and they got it. Uh, the Cardinals similarly um, got. Uh, got a waiver so they um the cardinals have always had chain stitched uh um the birds on the bat have always been chain stitched on the jersey and they have fought for that for every time the uniforms have changed they have fought to keep this chain stitching uh this time the whole like with the with the fanatics take over the um they were going to do it as two sort of patches kind of i don't know if it was sublimated or what uh and that's essentially what they ended up doing but they found a compromise where essentially they changed this the patches and then put the patches on the jersey. Um, and it doesn't look as good as the proper chain stitching, but at least they did something. Um, but anyway, the Fanatics sucks. The Fanatics jerseys suck. Uh, that's all. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, and I think that's uh, that's really all the news for the week. There might have been some other stuff that we could have talked about, but uh, I really, I mean, it was already been 17 minutes <laughs> of me solo. So I'm just going to... Uh, kick it off to uh pat uh ryan and dylan to talk about uh ryan and dylan's expansion draft this is just a name the guys naming guys draft and like the most hyper we're just we're just naming dudes it's a crazy version of naming dudes so let's continue it with number 12 from the San Francisco Giants. We are announcing him as a catcher. Um, time will tell if that is fraudulent. Um, it very well might be, but we are taking Blake Sable, who is the first catcher off Recent. the board. Um, he might not be a catcher. He might be an outfielder when he caught last year, which he did more than playing outfield. It didn't go very well, but, you know, really he nice. he's listed as catcher so that that counts um and he hits well enough that either way it's probably okay like i'd rather not have him be a corner outfield bat because i'm going to draft a lot of those later on but he's like he hits left-handed it's it'll be fun to like throw him into a catching platoon with someone right-handed later on and you know it's a it's like a dice roll on someone who can end up being like a solid everyday catcher with a bunch of team control um the really interesting thing to point out in talking about Blake Sable has nothing to do with Blake Sable. It's that Joey Bart was not protected by the Giants. He was eligible to be drafted here, and I opted to take Blake Sable instead, and that feels like it was the right call somehow. And I didn't take Joey Bart either. So, um... I, I feel like Joey Bart's career is just in he shambles has a lot at to this prove. point. He's like, basically like, if he doesn't do anything this spring, there's basically this is nowhere the for him to go. Like, he's probably yeah, designated this, for assignment on March year. 21st if he does not yeah. smoke the ball and either make the team and get traded. Yeah, 100% um, to prove it. Year Blake Sable uh, was a Rule 5 pick, I think, last year. Like, they literally just got him to do this role. Um, 
So again, another guy with like, you know, sort of a reputation, but not much of one, but, you know, obviously hit well enough in the minor leagues. He was a Pirates prospect, it looks like. Um, You know, I guess it's just the defensive question where it's like, one, sitting's fine, but is it great? And then two, the defense stuff is just like disgusting. He has a negative 19 block, like blocks, whatever it's called, blocks above average. Which is the first percentile on Statcast? I know we're blue slider posting, but like, that's that's a lot. It's that a lot feels of negative. Meaningful. First percentile um, is like stands out. Yeah, first first is something. Is first the worst or is it zeroth? I think it's first. I, I, neither is good. Um, like they're they're both bad. I think he's the. I think he is was considered the worst blocking catcher in the major leagues last year. Um, and then. 37% strikeout rate. Or 34%. That's my that's my analysis. It's it's got some red flags, but you know, catching position. Yeah, he's a catcher. Um Allegedly. 13th pick. Uh we're by the way, we are just totally screwed. We're going to have to like we're we're going to have to take the express route maybe the second half of the draft or something because we're about to blow yeah, over the we'll time fly. that I suggested. Um, we got, we still got like 20 minutes over my Uber under, but we're not, we're not getting there. Um, no, this is, this is going to go down as the longest Michael episode Stephane, in history. Third age, we're, Angels. We're, we're at that point. Uh, I wrote, uh, thought he had more power, but apparently he is allergic to striking out. Uh, and I believe this is me, but could have been you as well. Ryan oh, was uh, saying 28 year old rookie having a 1.9 war season with a lock emoji. Um, so I think the take here is that Stefan, I mean, the Angels have had a lot of these random guys. Like, why is this 27-year-old, like, the best hitter in AAA? Um, really, really prestigious levels of pro- contact skills. Like, the, if this guy can't hit major league pitching, then we just need to throw out AAA for, like, I just, he's got to be in contact because he hits the ball so cleanly con- and consistently. Um, he had doubled as many walks as strikeouts. Not as many. He doubled as many walks as strikeouts, like which is just like grotesque. He was one of the best hitters in AAA. Even if he doesn't really hit the ball, he had five home runs in AAA in in Salt Lake, which is just like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> So Your team should install a home run sculpture. Like you get, it should be like a whole event when a home run is hit for the Richmond River Rats. Like <laughs> there needs to be like sirens. Deal. It needs to be insane. It's it, or like make it like a band box or something. You know, do or like maybe make it just aggressively large so it doesn't matter. You know, they're not hitting home runs anyway. You know, just make them try to hit doubles and triples. But like he's got again, like kind of like um. You know, Austin Martin. It seems like he's got the rest down that could be like a guy. Um, and I'm willing to, I, I think that's just a better skill to bet on if we're just like, I need a guy that can play some third base. And he hasn't had many opportunities to prove himself because the Angels uh, are paying Anthony Rendon money. Um, and so, yeah, uh, the Angels have a bunch of weird players available for this, and he's one of the weirder ones. Um, but you know, 28 years old, 
has nothing to prove in AAA. Again, kind of the exact type of guy that would happen. Like I, I feel like he would be a lock to be picked in a real expansion draft. Uh, there's two things about this pick that I think are, are pretty brutal, one of which was totally outside of your control. Um, that one is that we're recording this on Saturday, February 24th, and news has just broken that uh, Michael Stefanik left the Angels spring training game earlier today with a left quad strain. So Gonna kill that's myself. another injured player for the Richmond mm. River Rats. Um, and the and second, like, much more structural egregious issue that i have with this is that with the next pick i was planning to take joe adele who just feels like a must draft in an mlb expansion draft he's just like the perfect guy to play on the worst team in baseball in front of a new fan base and this this cut off the category so congrats on michael stefanik and having another leadoff hitter (laughs) who's gonna hit four home runs but you've cost us something beautiful Yeah. yeah, Joe Adele's got protected in the second phase of the Angels draft, so he's going to remain an Angel <laughs> next year. Which like, oh, we could just take him next, and like, no, nope. no, nobody Someone wants Joe Adele him. to be an Angel again next year, and yet that's what's going to end up happening because of this. So I think that's a travesty, but you know, it's a good pick. Otherwise, he's probably going to be a pretty good baseball player, and he's definitely going to be a better baseball better than player Joe than Joe Adele for sure. Oh, I have no doubts about <laughs> but, that. However, <laughs> but come on, all fair. Um, and it, like I, I feel like right now when I was like rounding into the Joe Adele pick, like the vibes are finally hitting. And so number fourteen, I'm I'm breaking into the bullpen for the first time with Orion Kirkering, relief pitcher for the Phillies, gonna throw the ball 107 miles per hour and just just rifle it in there. He's gonna be our closer just immediately. He's gonna be named Orion Kirkering, and that's gonna be exciting to the children of Virginia Beach. And mm-hmm. you know, it's it's an unproven pick, but this is also I think the closest guy who exists to like not to, you know, make this invocation lightly but like a Joanne Duran or someone who's like actually like an insane relief pitching asset I feel like this is kind of the best chance at doing that I don't know yeah, that's gonna think, happen but yeah, he's good I, yeah Pat go ahead I, I love this pick awesome pick I don't understand why he was unprotected yeah, we can explain why um, he was unprotected it probably won't be a good explanation but we can certainly explain it it's probably because he's only has like what three major league innings oh, yeah. under Jeff him. Hoffman I mean, reliever, over Jeff Hoffman is tough. Based based on the upside, I would have protected him over Jeff yeah, Hoffman. I think Same. We, Troy helped us with this. Troy is also a Phillies fan, and I think he. I did not view um, Jeff Hoffman in this light, but uh, I you know I get he was like a setup man this past year. I, I sort of get it. I think I'd rather just have a Ryan Kirkering, but. Um, I think yeah. he's definitely the best like prospect reliever, which doesn't happen very often. You know what I mean? But like when you do, frankly, I think Alec Bohm might be like I think it might be better than Alec Bohm. Um, yeah. And then like Taiwan Walker, I originally had as like a Are we sure that they wouldn't just give up this contract for free? I understand that starting pitching is different, but um, there were certainly some cases there. Um, again, kind of slips through the cracks either because you know we're not perfect or someone's got to be available you know um but yeah yeah all all rational points um and uh my favorite player in baseball uh i took with the 15th (laughs) pick um vidal brujan um was he traded before this or after this i can't remember has he been traded where where Um, is he or whatever he's with the marlins now because he was a raised prospect. I think prospect that was before. Forever. Yeah, that was before. Yeah, I think because I think he's listed as Marlins. So I don't know. 
Basically, November 17th was um, the trade. Yeah. So his whole deal was that he came up and he was kind of, he came up at the same time as Wander. And he had like really good numbers. He was like a double, a switch hitting shortstop. You know, like I kind of compared him to like Ozzy Albies, where it's like he's a shortstop coming up, but like, you know, Wander Franco exists. And, you know, like there's probably going to be a reason to, for him not. He's kind of small. You know, he's like, I guess 5'10, but kind of, you know, he's on the smaller side. Um, but really consistently good hitter. He has some power. He runs really well. Um, like 55 stolen bases at his peak, you know, so like fast, kind of like strong second base looking guy. Maybe you could, you know, do center field or utility. Um, and he just kept hitting in triple a. And every time the Rays gave him a chance to prove something in the majors, he just sucked beyond imagine. Um, and that happened for three straight years. And now he is going to be competing for the like second base slash utility job for the Marlins this year. Um, I wrote down, this guy has just been terrible, but he, if he does figure it out, I want to have a share of it. Um, so I'm going to add another overperforming AAA player with marginal power to my lineup. I mean, this guy sucks. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know that that's probably not easy for you to hear because I know that he's been a guy for you for a while, and he just he sucks, man. Like, is but look at his triple doing... a, the triple A numbers are so consistent. It's like every single year he does exactly the same thing, and it yeah, just doesn't and translate not that at all. Good. Like, they're they're really consistent and they're like solid. They're slightly above average for triple A, and then his major and league. He's not numbers... that old. His 2021 WRC plus was negative 63. Negative 63, and that was his best year by war because he was only negative 0.4 war, and he's been worse than that in the two subsequent years with more playing time. Like it's it's recently he he's he like belongs in this White Sox tier with like the Jake Adairs and like oh, Mike God. Soroka. Like like that's the be vibes he belongs in. I mean, he's gonna be a White Sox before it's said and done. Like, don't don't put it past him. <laughs> he's gonna be a White Sox in June. Like, yeah, if he does yeah. figure it out, you're gonna have a share of it. But I feel like you had ten or twenty shares of it already. And <laughs> don't say that because you know it's true. <laughs> now you've got another. So if it's he if he figures it out, true. I'm happy for you. But I've I've my my ship has sailed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think his ship has sailed too. But uh, we're gonna ignore that for now. <laughs> I mean, the defense of that is that the Marlins pool is really bad. Like, I, I wanted to talk about yeah, that in your Marlins next Marlins pick, bad. but the Marlins are sneaky yeah. bad. Um, sneaky bad. Number 16. I, I really like my number 16 pick. Like, this is the one at the time I was like, oh, this is okay. But, like, everything since then has just made me more bullish on it, which it went from a very mild conviction to one that I'm all about. That is Richie Palacios, uh, Cardinals outfielder. Yeah, this is a weird who, one. Yeah. At the time, it was just like, well, he's a lightly heralded Cardinals prospect, but these numbers seem to be like really good so far. And I, I've seen this story before, so you know he's probably going to end up being the next Tommy Edman or the next Paul DeYoung or any, the good version. Like any of these guys who the Cardinals just manufacture, who keep putting up numbers, and then all of a sudden are really solid MLB players. So since then, um, Zips did their projections and said Richie Palacios is going to be a 2.2 war player in 2024 and I absolutely take Zips at their word 100% of the time when it fits my narrative mm-hmm. 
And also since then, Richie Palacios has been traded and is now a Tampa Bay Ray. And if there's anything that makes you feel better than lightly heralded Cardinals prospect who's putting up good numbers so far, it's finding out that the Tampa Bay Rays have traded for your guy because that Specifically means he's got something... Rays. Trading for that specifically the Rays trading for that exact Cardinals outfielder like it could not be going better folks so at pick number 16 we got Ricky Palaces um he's like (laughs) it's it's not the most exciting profile ever because he's gonna be a corner outfielder only and like probably DH more likely it seems like he can play the outfield positions but not super well but like he hits he made his debut last year and had a 120 wrc plus and a not totally tiny sample size um he was with the guardians before going to the cardinals which also feels like another checkbox on like the you're about to unlock being an all-star player <laughs> bingo court. like something is getting figured out so I, I i just love how this one has turned out with hindsight even though no baseball has been played yeah, and this is a really good pick because I don't think there's as much case for him to for like the St. Louis Cardinals to have kept him. I mean, clearly they just literally dumped him for what? Yeah. Like did they did they get anything back for him notable? Like I don't think so. Uh... And they're in the state of their roster where it was just like they had a lot of veterans to keep and they're trying to compete and they have some young guys too that they really had to keep on. And, you know, I don't think there's any logical way for them to keep him. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, he's shown tangible skills, like especially power skills um, in a small sample. You know, it's, it's the kind of guy you want. And then everything that's happened since then, even beyond him being like, OK, in the major leagues is like, oh, crap, he's a Ray, you know, traded for Andrew Kittredge, so, which I, I think that's know. a really good pick. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Ricky Palaces is really good too. That, that made me laugh. Um, I love Ricky Palaces. <laughs> we're gonna add. We're gonna add to my injured list. We're taking Ian Anderson. Um, his last moment in the sun was pitching five innings in the World Series and giving up zero hits to the Astros. Um, he's reported back in spring training after Tommy John surgery and being generally terrible before that Tommy John surgery and said he's felt a lot better. Um, he's ba- he basically said like leading up to the injury he wasn't really able to like throw the ball right which is like a concerning thing to hear about someone you know but like it kind of makes sense when it adds like oh yeah my elbow's destroyed um and he's someone that's very reliant on like a weird way of pitching like he's like the most over-the-top pitcher that i think exists in baseball right now if i'm not mistaken at least as far as like starting pitchers um he has no command and i think he still needs like a third pitch um, of some kind but he kind of gets the time to step back and like rebuild himself and the Braves, you know, they purged so many of these guys we mentioned to the White Sox, like Ian Anderson was one of those guys kind of hanging on by a thread um, just because of his age and, you know, he's shown so much ability. Still 25, still a lot of years of control. And I mean, I know you took him in franchise draft, which you're doing right now. Like, I mean, the numbers in 2020 and 2021, it's like, you get a roll of the dice on that guy. He he finished top. Yeah. He finished rookie of the year voting two years in a row, which is like a funny thing. Yep. Um, he was seventh in twenty twenty, which feels too low, but it was only six starts, and then fifth. Um, so yeah, I, I think the ability is obvious. It's just a matter of is he screwed forever because of the injury plus the issues he was already dealing with. But another like high pedigree pick. Yeah, I really really like this one. 
Um, one of the things that I've been like sort of one of my meditations since we've done this, and I think a lot of this comes with getting Tyler Glass now on your team, is that I'm sort of thinking about how pitchers are already injured before they are like out with the big injury, right? Like Ian Anderson yeah. wasn't like pitching and just bad, and then his UCL exploded and he had to get Tommy John surgery. Like it's the, yeah. the ligament frays over time from wrong. you doing a bunch of work. Yeah, and so I think that like yeah. a lot of times you can look at someone like Glass now who's like, oh, he can't stay healthy. And it's like, well, he might have just had the one injury and then tried to fight through it, and it turns out he needed the big surgery. And Ian Anderson is like, yeah. you can just build such an easy narrative like that, right? Where it's like, look at this dominant pitcher who rose through the minor league so quickly and was like looking like one of the best young aces, where it would seem insane that he was going unprotected if we did this in 2021. Like At the time yeah. the Athletic did their draft, it would be insane to imagine Ian Anderson not only being eligible but being pick 17 and since then like it could be that the wheels totally came off and he's broken now or it could be that his elbow was hurting and it's now been fixed with a very major surgery so like you can just really easily paint the lines where he ends up returning at least something close to form and if he does that like that's a really great pick here I am I'm going to do this like very quickly I'm looking at 2021 Fangraph's trade value because I think oh, there's man. actually a chance that he might have made the top 50 most valuable contracts in baseball before he would have in 2021 because I mean he had a really good season there were some flaws like he was losing control and stuff and but like again his last appearance of the season no one could hit him no one's ever been able to hit him because of that weird angle and his yeah. like he has like an invisible kind of change up weird thing because of that like they, he's not hittable and that that was one of the really weird part yeah all right quiz time what number is he because he's on here he's on here um 35 pat you got a guess uh let's go fine i'm gonna go give me 29 39 and the number the guys next to him are so funny uh sean murphy is ahead of him which yeah you know stock up uh ramon loriano at 40 <laughs> wow in two what a, years what a group to be stuck yeah. between um so yeah how the tides turn but anyway he was baseball very recently one of the most valuable pitchers in baseball and now he's available for a rule five draft because of the combination of the braves existing the way they are and his very bizarre struggles slash injuries. He pitched one time last year in AAA, I guess, to start the season or, yeah, probably to start the season. He had uh, two innings, a 54 ERA. Uh, f- the, the per nine numbers are just really funny, even though I know it's not representative of anything. Um, nine whip, 54 hits per nine, 40.5 home runs per nine, 27 <laughs> walks per nine. 13.5 yeah. strikeouts per nine. You'd like to see so, most of those come down a bit. The strikeouts is like pretty solid. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of digits. I'm not going to lie. Number 18 here. We've got, oh, that's funny. I tried to search this guy on fan graphs and accidentally pulled up my number 22 pick. But number 18 is Lawrence Butler, the Oakland Athletic center fielder. 
Um, he was not good last year in the major leagues, but he was only 23 years old and he rose up super quickly in a totally like bereft of talent Oakland system. And he started at double A, made it to the majors and was like bad, but like showed the tools, right? Like there's a chance that he could grow into a bunch of power. There's a chance that he could continue to play center field and end up being a really good player. I feel like the A's are the closest thing that we have to like the expansion franchises we're building where it's just not really any assets you want and just a bunch of leftovers. And they saw Lawrence Butler and were like, let's give this guy all the run we possibly can to see how it goes. So it could end up going really well. And it feels like that's, that's like sort of the route I've been taking. I, I don't know if Lawrence Butler starts for me. He probably ends up being my third outfielder, but no, Palacios might be ahead of him. So, well, he has to fight for playing time, but we'll see. He's another part who, of the outfield Who would be your center fielder in this context? Marlowe? I think Marlowe, yeah. I wrote this down You, you did draft someone later who is like a firm center fielder, yeah. but... It looks like the way I had it written up, Butler was actually starting in center but I, I mean, I feel like that's I, honestly, right, but you know, it's a grab. Siri, bag. Butler, and Marlowe all kind of work. So, like, I feel happy oh, to have Siri, those Siri, as starting right. outfielders. Series center field, series center field. That's They're all viable. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, this was my only note for Lawrence. Was I think he's not? You know, I'm not going to overstate how good he is. I do think he's too good to be let off the Oakland Athletics list. Um, we we're talking about just a who's who of garbage that was kept, you know, and I know they still had to hold on to some guys with perceived value, but I think I would have tried to sneak him on there even over like, I, I know like JJ, Bleday, we just mentioned like, Oh, JJ, Bleday wasn't Solid that player. horrible. And it's like, he wasn't good <laughs> and he can't yeah. play the outfield. So, um, Joe Estes, he's like, sure. He's probably going to be in the majors next year. Is he any good? No. Um, <laughs> he's young, so, though. Not good, but he is young. He's young. He's bad. Um, so I probably would, if I had, had to redo, I probably would have fit Butler on the protected list, but that's not necessarily, <laughs> like, great for him. <laughs> it's more of an indictment yeah, of the A's. Very low praise. Yeah. Um... I, so just to just to be clear about something here, we are running long enough that I think we need to figure out a rational end point. And I want I want to pick number twenty one as our end point for like a very specific reason. And we can we can kind of hit a couple highlights maybe to close. But like, yeah, I don't want to talk about Phil Bickford. I don't want to talk yeah. about Hunter Harvey. I don't want to talk about Johnny DeLuca. You know? Um, no, we got to mention go to Johnny DeLuca. I got a point on that. Okay. That's fine. All right. All right. Well, we'll leave a couple highlights, but I want to get the, let's go through 21. So we got three more picks we're going to talk about specifically, and then we yeah. can just like kind of super speed through this. Yep. Um, at 19, I took outfielder Jake McCarthy of the Diamondbacks. Um, you took a note here and said, I said good pick with four or six question marks. Um, I'm sure you thought good pick because he has once been a major league talent. Uh, yeah. That was not in 2023. That's correct. Um, when he had a 644 OPS. Um, but it seems 2022, crazy to me that I thought that in like December. Sneaky rookie of the year contender. Um, one of the faster and like just efficient stolen base threats in baseball. 
Um, so once again, I get a guy that can't hit for power, and uh, yeah, it's not going well. Um, however, he crushed the minors last year, even when he struggled in the majors. Like, it's not hard to hit in Reno, but he hit well enough that it doesn't matter. Um, he just feels like a demon as far as like watching him play baseball and watching him run. Um, and I think there's some like entertainment value, like you were describing with Siri, but this is just all legs. You know, this is just like, can I, by the force of God, get Jake McCarthy to 50 stolen bases this year, you know, and have him sell some tickets. Um, and there, I think there is some meat on the bone as far as the potential. There's still a lot of years control and the Diamondbacks have basically no use for him. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he's at least interesting. Uh, do I expect anything? Not really. Sounds about right. Um, 20, I've got Addison Barger. Barger? Barger. Feels like the answer to Joey Ortiz, basically, um, but just like a much worse version, probably. I I don't yeah. think he's going to be great based on the 2023 results. They were not exactly encouraging, but it's kind of crazy looking back that he fell all the way to 20, given that he was available. Like, I, I don't know which of these names I would actually want to put after him. Maybe Andrew Monasterio. Was but, like, it was a good Yeah. Yeah, he, he's a solid prospect, and even still, like, he's pretty well regarded as a prospect, like, fringe top 100 guy, and that's just in such short supply in this draft pool, and when you consider that he's also still playing shortstop, like, it's it's worth picking and hoping that it turns into something. Like, that, that seemed like the clear-cut call here. I don't think I was excited about it, but I just had to. Yeah. Arger is really interesting because I remember our friend Taylor talking about him and last year he like came into like triple like his first taste triple a after hitting like 330 or something like that as in like double a like he had like a really high 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 really good year in 2022 whatever it was um and the weird part about him is that he's like a white american player that looks like he swings like a japanese player he has like the exact same kind of like elongated leg kick and like kind of um, whip kind of swing where it's like, oh, this guy probably was like trying to be Ichiro, except he's just like a random white guy from uh, Bellevue, Washington. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like a really weird profile, and it obviously didn't end up working that great last year. He wasn't like god awful, but it's like you know, AAA, you want something better than a 750 OPS um, after being so, so, so good the year before. Um, you know, yeah. spot, like just disappointing. great, great, great player before then. Um, so, you know, I think, yeah, just uh, because he's one of the youngest players drafted here and can play shortstop and has exhibited talent. Um, I think you, you agreed. Good pick. Um, but there's a reason why he's here. And, you know, it's because his last year. I mean, most of these guys just if you had a good 2023, why you wouldn't be here, you know? Yep. Um, and okay, 21. Um, and there's no particular reason why 21 is here. It's just, there's a, there's like a note that you said, which is why we wanted to cut it off here. And this, this note actually lasts at 26. So we can make 26, like kind of the unofficial yeah. reason why we're doing this. Uh, 21, I picked Jackson Wolf. Um, he is a lefty for the pirates. He was a Padres prospect. Not much of a prospect, but 
Um, he made his MLB debut at the Padres and then immediately got traded by the Padres because that's what the Padres do. Um, he was very good in the minor leagues, but kind of like in a like crafty way. He throws like 91 from the left side. Notably, he is 6'7". Um, and he has the most distressing uh, wind-up, I guess, um, that you could like possibly imagine a player having. Like It's like the Mike Clevenger. Like, you know, Mike Clevenger kind of looks like a racehorse kicking his heels you know or whatever like it's like that except he kind of like squirms and like kind of like r- moves around in like a really worm type fashion wildly kinetic it's um, just a lot of motion it's it looks kind of lava lampy you know lots of a lot of movement um at, and that's it, if it feels six two i don't think we'd make a big deal about it six seven moving like that is just it it kind of feels like you're watching a, you know, like a alien try to learn how to pitch. You know, like none of this looks right, but it comes out of his hands at 91 from a six seven frame, and it's like, all right, oh, well, I guess it's okay. Um, deceptive is going to be the word that's going to be used for him all the time, but it's just I'm sure people are just stunned when they watch him squirm around on the mountain that they don't know how to swing the bat. Um, 25 years old. Uh, we again made a note when we originally made this pick that just a reminder we're out here picking a bunch of 25 year olds when the second pick of the athletic draft was Patrick Corbin which led to the biggest uh, note here and this note lasts to pick 26 nobody through 26 picks of our draft took 27 you know 27th pick had a guaranteed major league contract entering 2024 so they're either all prospect, pre-arb, and arbitration. Zero players with guaranteed contracts so far. Um, and again, the entire reason we did this was because Patrick Corbin was picked second overall. And I think nothing hammers home the point of why we did this more than us getting through 26 back and forths, picking Phil Bickford and Nicky Lopez and Jackson Wolf before we decided, huh, we had to pay players. I mean, we should we should get to that guy, right? So it goes 22, Justin Lawrence, and let's just blow through these. Yeah. We can just say some names. Yeah. 23, Andy Abanez. 24, Nicky Lopez, because he can play shortstop. Sure, and the White Sox are horrible. Mm-hmm. 25, Mark Leiter Jr., um, which yeah. we're getting close to, to the real money precipice because, again, you've got to remember that we are eliminating MLB teams from which we can select players. We have to pick from each team once mm-hmm. before a second guy gets selected. So it's where the Mets were at the White Sox, we're at the Tigers, and then with pick Mets 27... List? Mets we... list? Sneaky, awful. Phil Bickford, Mets sneaky, list is sneaky, sneaky awful. Sneaky, Phil bad. Bickford at pick 26 is an adequate selection, despite the fact that he's a mediocre reliever in arbitration already. I think he might have been the first guy in arbitration I selected, even. But he's yeah. Phil Bickford. It's fine. Mets then list at pick 27, gone. we got money being allocated. We got money. Jake the Snake Cronenworth joins my team as a second baseman uh he was owed a stupid amount of money by the padres because they are idiots and run like morons um he's what 70 80 million dollars for a few years it's not like the date the yearly allowance is that bad it's just like 
the fact that they did this and immediately put him at first base and paid him for no conceivable reason. Like he was like a 27 year old when he made his, like when he started getting good. And it's like, why are you, why is that the guy, you know, that you're like, we got to keep him, you know, like we got to lock this in now. Like you don't, every guy is that guy. Every guy is the guy you need to lock in right now. Dick Kernerworth is a really good player. He was going to be a free agent at age 32. It's like the exact time that you don't want to start paying guys. And they went out of their way to do it and then moved him to first base. And so I made a couple of points here. And it's that one, when you don't, when you aren't paying anyone, an $11 million a year contract doesn't matter. Like it's just truly like it's, it's, you know, you got to pay someone. And then two, like when you, when you don't have four middle infielders on long-term deals, but like if you play him at the position that he actually belongs in or anything else, but the one position that saps all of his value, which they're still doing, then it looks a lot better. So he would theoretically be either super utility guy or starting second baseman for my team, as opposed to somehow being a first baseman after paying him for being a successful utility guy. God, I hate the Padres. He um, kind so of feels like he I would be a good change of scenery guy, but the only way I could see yeah, him changing I mean, scenery is in an aspect like this, where it's like, hey, it's an expansion draft, and you are required by law to take a Padre, so I guess I'll take Jake Cronenworth. Like, no one's going to trade for that. No one's going to give up value, and even, the Padres aren't going to eat his contract. I'm not even joking here. I don't think there's a team in baseball that I think is a worse fit for his talents than the Padres. Yeah. Like, they, they have no reason to play him at his natural position. And that is just like crazy. <laughs> it's just like why? Why did you do this to yourselves? You could have played. Oh, he'd be so Kim good on the Dodgers. He'd be a great Dodger. And yeah, he'd be a great Dodger because he'd play like 110 games exclusively, play against righties, and only play second base, shortstop, and like left field. And he yeah. would be a three war player. Perfect. So I think he's the best player on this list, probably. Um, like if you're talking about 2023 production, I think the hitting will rebound. Um, like I think he's like I think he's like a solid player. I think he's like maybe like a league average player, which I'm fine paying 11, 12 million dollars. Um, but I, it just pisses me off because AJ Preller. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and do you want to just shred through the rest of these and let's just rifle off ones? some names. Yeah, 28, we got Bobby Dahlbeck of the Red Sox, which, you know, it sucks, but pick 28, whatever. He's playing first base. Pick number 29, we have Edward Olivares of the Royals, which is fun because by the time we actually did the draft, he had been traded to the Pirates. And, you know, the Royals' pool is so bad that it probably does matter, but whatever. Doesn't matter that much. We will give honorary Nick Prado, who is worse. (laughs) But younger, so it's a sad job, pool. Nick. And then Hunter Harvey, Mister Irrelevant of Round One. I'm not going to talk about Hunter Harvey at all. I do want to just do a quick for protection phase two, where each team gets to add three more guys to the protections <laughs> list. I just yeah. want to rattle off the shocking names that were added to a protection <laughs> list by a team for number sixteen through eighteen. Um, not going to name the teams, just going to name the guys: Nick Madrigal, Austin Gomber, <laughs> Zach McKinstry. Victor Mesa Jr. Austin Gomber got protected in phase two. Oh my god, dude. All right, the Rockies. Victor are Mesa worse. Jr. of the Marlins, which I was really disappointed by. Uh Ethan Small got protected. Joey Lucas. 
<laughs> Joey Luke oh, Casey God. got protected, fresh Chris off Casey's Tommy John. Jay Groom got protected. Jay and Groom. Last but not least, Carter Keboom protected by the Washington Nationals because he sucks, but so do they. So you got to protect somebody. <laughs> got to gotta have someone. All right. Pat, moving any, into the uh, second. Carter Keboom. Oh, Pat, yeah. Uh, I was just checking to make sure you weren't dead. Man. No, I'm, I'm letting you guys. <laughs> I gotta make go sure it over with. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've considered it a few times. Um, no. Um, yeah, Jake Cronenworth being the first guaranteed contract, yeah. that is mm-hmm. that is something. Um, Phil Bickford. Um, I didn't look at the Mets list. I'm going to look at it it's now. It's not good. Um, it's like you could probably find some names yeah, better, but I, not I, really. I might consider Omar Narvaez. Yeah. Like, just have like a catcher sure. for like six million dollars or whatever he's owed. Yeah, he was worth zero sure. last year. Well, uh, Five eighty OPS. You have to pay him seven million dollars. I think he might be better pick. There's yeah. no good pick. You know, there's there's. We've again. We've reached a point where this is the ruinations of yeah, madmen. We've been you there. Know, this we've is, been there for about an hour. We've 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 been yeah. here now. All right, I'm um, hitting some second round highlights I, with vigor. You know, just looking through these protections and ferocity. Um, yeah. Pick yeah. number thirty-one, Johnny Deluca. With Joshua. Oh, don't spoil! Don't spoil that. Come on, that's a big reveal. That's a big reveal. Oh yeah, thirty-one. Yeah, no, don't Johnny go for Deluca it. is an illegal pick. Um, he had been traded to the Rays at the time. This Again, one is actually fun. Illegal is not illegal is not the right <laughs> word. We agreed that we could not possibly let's like update this list every single day while we yeah. were making it, and so we just created a cutoff date where yeah. we used rosters based off their set on December seventeenth or whatever it was. Johnny Deluca was like a Ray like the day we were doing this, you know. So I think the so actual clear, like, fun not point to think about is just now legal. But like this stuff is also contingent, right? Because like yeah, Johnny DeLuca is probably draftable as a Ray or a Dodger, and that's like the difference between <laughs> Luke Rayleigh being picked to pick thirty-five and Gavin Stone being picked to pick thirty-five, right? So it's like it's these things where you just move things around, and obviously I don't think we should actually have tried to track everything and like setting the record date makes right. sense, but like you can see how. These really minor roster moves involving guys that you wouldn't think of as mattering can actually shape what an expansion team looks like a lot. Um, Can you imagine the Braves list if they didn't make that trade? Oh, dude, yeah. Like the White Sox trade? It's a lot leafier of a pool. And can you imagine the White Sox list if they don't make that trade? Because Aaron Bummer gets protected, I guess. (laughs) But who else? Like, they got no one else. It's all Braden Shoemakes and these guys that they just picked up for for nothing. Um, all right, 33, I think, is the biggest contract that got taken, which was Wilson Contreras, yes. selected by the Richmond River that was Rats. me as well, yeah. Who's like so a I good two catcher. Guys. Did you pick any? I My next guy is any my guaranteed contract? contract. Yeah, the, the pick Gray. 34. Right. Yeah. So I have like $150 million in contracts. You pick 26. Yeah. We're, we're very, very slim. strategies. And like John Gray at 226 um, feels like, pretty fine, yeah. right? Yeah, and Wilson Contreras is probably like it's just like he was so toxic. It kind of ignored the fact that he was still like one of the better hitting catchers in baseball, you know. And the Cardinals were such a like crap show. 
like it was just horrible you know and uh change of scenery guy probably also like probably like a like a red flag as far as like a guy you want to introduce to a new clubhouse but yeah. we're not you know we're not too worried about that here nourishment you could uh you could do worse um yeah so that's what we got there's uh, plenty of worse options yeah Number 37, I'm just mentioning real quick, Lucas Erseg, who is an athletics relief pitcher, who I guess is going to close for the Richmond River Rats. He walks people like crazy. You might remember him as a Brewers third base prospect, but turns out he's like a major league reliever now. He throws like 100 mile an hour cutters. Can't control it at all. And yeah, he has no feel for being a pitcher and he's a head case. Yeah. Uh. Pick Congrats. number 42, I took Blake Hunt as my catcher, former Ray, who I think was also a Rule 5 selection and is a Mariner now, um, or it was some similarly minor trade. This gives me a platoon of Blakes at catcher. I can switch between Sable and Hunt. They got one left-handed, one right-handed. Could not have worked any better for me. And similarly, at pick mm-hmm. 44, we got Josh Palacios to pair with his brother, Ricky Palacios, Nighting. which we... Yep are going to put out so much social media content about when we're trying to build followers for the Virginia beach Neptunes brand. We should have, uh, when we did our preview, like a first, you know, part of this episode, we should have mentioned the news of, uh, Cannon Smith and Jigba being, uh, picked up by the Mariners (laughs) and then them making a graphic of welcome to Seattle, where his brother is the wide receiver for the Seahawks. And then they DFA'd him 10 days later. (sighs) Ah, We all thought that <laughs> yeah. was going to happen. I said which three was the weeks, funniest and part. they made it ten days. That's fifty yeah. percent discount. Said three weeks. Um, um, I'm running out of guys. Number fifty, Christian Pache, <laughs> to the Virginia Beach Neptunes, dude. Now just a total yeah. expansion draft pick where he's shown what he is and it's yeah. probably not really a major league baseball player it's certainly not a major league hitter mm-hmm. but it's a really good center fielder and on the off chance that we're wrong and it ter- the, glove, he, is the glove is great he can play center field and maybe he'll hit a ball or two and if he does that it'll be a bonus but if not he's like you can't ask for a better fourth outfielder and like you can't do yeah. better for picking two guys from the same team and having them be Orion yeah. Kirkring and Christian Pache. That's like such strong vibes for my Phillies picks. It's a pretty wild vibe, yeah. Uh, um, the one I was going to close with was yeah. fifty-five. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we should have kept that one for last. It's so funny. Oh, that was um, going to be I my last. Who else you got? This name. Uh, well, I just I, I think. I think the guy that we're about to say is the only guy on this list that is currently a free agent. Um, <laughs> Cause I believe he was DFA'd. Let's see if he, he might've latched on. It wouldn't shock me at all. If he signed back with the Padres, um, he is a Padre, but he was a free oh. agent. Uh, Luis Patino was taken with the 55th pick. So that was our second white Sox that had to be picked. The choices were like him and Davey Garcia. And I'm like, you know, like Luis Patino is like a top 10 prospect. Like you're not going to let him go. And then, yeah, they just, the White Sox DFA'd Luis Patino um, after we did this. And it's just like, how in the world, man? How in the world did, how do we get to the point where Luis Patino is the guy we're like, nope, can't do it. Like, I understand he it sucks. Happened. I know he's bad. I know he's bad. But like, what the f dude like 
how? <laughs> how was the list so bad? And I still picked the guy that got trimmed off, you know? So, um, yeah, just one of the, one of the weirdest stupid, like that's why the white Sox just was such a routine mention for us. It's just cause it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like what a pathetic team. I hate that. It's rough. It's um, rough. N- number fifty-two. <laughs> number fifty-two is Brian Abreu. Oh, yeah. I think pound for pound, maybe one of the best players here. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a little surprised at ourselves that we let this go to fifty-two. I don't really know what we were thinking. I think, I think he was like like a prospect that didn't turn out exactly like we thought, but because he turned into a really good reliever, he's like extremely worth it you know what i mean yep. um because he's just been really good like objectively um yeah. for two full seasons in every conceivable way so again i i probably went about 50 picks too late which is weird um at 47 i took jorge mateo who i described as jose siri at home <laughs> good good analysis <laughs> um at uh 40 Four, or, I'm sorry. Where are we at? <laughs> Thirty-eight. You took Nate Pearson. Um, oh, I like that. I yeah. wrote. I like this pick. Parentheses. I am a moron. Um, and you also described Lucas. You described him as the consolation prize for me taking Luke Lucas Ursag, who which was just next like, on my board. Holy crap! They probably shared a prospect list together, right? <laughs> like they like, like Nate Pearson, starting pitcher, and Lucas Ursag's third baseman were probably almost certainly, top hundred yeah. prospects. Again. Yeah, um, you know he still throws hard. Just I have no idea what he is, but I think it's objectively good here. Um, but you know it won't work. Um, the last <laughs> one that I would say is notable, or I got I got two more. One is Anthony Bender from the Marlins. Anthony yeah. Bender's like a really great reliever. I like him a lot. That being said, he's coming off like Tommy John, so it's like this is his like injury rebound year, and he's only got probably a year or two left. Team. He's probably running out of team control. I don't know exactly what the number is. Uh, more importantly, it kept me from taking John Birdie, which I didn't like. I'm like the world's foremost John Birdie guy, and the fact that I did that to John Birdie is like kind of disrespectful, um, frankly. That of all the places I didn't take him here with the no stakes. And I'm choosing between Anthony Bender and Ryan Weathers and a bunch of crap. Um, the other note we had was Sixto Sanchez would have been hilarious for obvious reasons. And then seeing the photo of him at spring training this week would have made it like twice as funny because he looks like about dude, 400 pounds. Dude is, oh, he lo- he looks like, it's big. I don't think he's getting not protected. Doing favors. <laughs> I, I feel no like way. the moment he tries to throw he a pitch. Not just, was he the second round? Was he the second round of protections? No, 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 no. Oh I say I don't think he. I don't think he's getting protected. Oh, okay. I don't. I do not think okay. he is going like, to get protected. I was like, no, please. no, no. No, they I, I chose like, Victor like, Mesa no Jr. So I had to look back again. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? Yes. <laughs> oh, we know now. Andrew Nardi. Um, poor Sixto, man. Jesus Christ. 
Um, and the last pick I was going to highlight was uh, number 59, Sean Bouchard. Uh, Who is that, dude? Pat, without looking, what team does he play for? Sean Bouchard. Name and position, or like team and position, please. Holy fuck. So he sounds like he sounds Sorry, like a pitcher. It. Okay. I'm a, uh, he sounds he sounds like a Padres Ooh, pitcher. Pretty close. Uh, he is a Rockies first baseman. Okay, yeah, that's sounds about right as well. Uh, um, yeah, uh, he's Michael Taglia, but worse, I guess. I don't I don't understand what this dude is. Sure. Frankly, he uh, smoked the ball in the majors after having a 723 OPS in AAA. He played a total of 45 games last year, and he's 27 years old. And I decided (laughs) that guy was the best remaining Colorado Rocky available based on, what, 20 major league plate appearances that's that's it i mean based on a sean lack of competition bouchard. is why you decided He's that it was San not Diego. based on anything sean bouchard did it was because no other rocky had done anything notable sean bouchard really got yeah, picked like said, by default he, he did he did have like a small burst of wow it's like that's you know good job sean um <laughs> It just could not have been shorter and more irrelevant to like society, you know. Unlike this uh, yeah. pod, which yeah. could not have been longer definitely. and more irrelevant to society, we've we've definitely reached a record here. Um, we're about nineteen minutes away from reaching. All right, three so hours. last last stretch of this. Uh, yeah, we're not doing pick analysis because we just did nope, that. We're skipping. Are there it. any players that you're? Are are either any more players that you're upset that we did not take? Is, Wait, I'm saying one uh, point from the pick analysis, one. which is just to point out that the Royals had the second to last pick of the first round, which was Edward Olivares at 29, and then the last pick overall of no the draft, longer. which was Angel Zerpa. So that's about as bad as you could be regarded. It is literally one pick away from them being like the last pick of both rounds. And um, the Rays had Jose Siri go number one, and then Johnny DeLuca was the first pick of the second round. And he's technically now a Ray, even though he was a Dodger for our purposes. So they were arguably also very close to being as good as you could be. That's all I've got on pick analysis. Yeah. Um, The one player that I was like... I, there's there's some players like Chris Taylor you could probably like take James Tyne you could probably take like these guys where it's like they're probably like roughly close to what they're owed but like they definitely don't feel comfortable doing that and like you're probably doing the other teams a favor by doing that. Um, Brock Stewart I adore like I love Brock Stewart a lot. Uh, I will be talking about Brock Stewart a lot as much as I can. Uh, he is just a fun story and he rocks now. Uh, you just can't trust him to be healthy. Um, Nick Castellanos, if your owner is rich, you got to take Nick Castellanos because of the vibes. And the one that I was really upset about was Matt Waldron, who's the San Diego starting pitcher in AAA, who is the only knuckleballer that it made that pitched last year. Um, and just like the idea that we would take 60 of these guys that all suck 
and we wouldn't take the one guy that would show up in Virginia Beach and start throwing knuckleballs is just a shame. I took Tom Cosgrove instead so I can have a left-hand pitcher. Like, anyone is going to care about that when Matt Waldron is shutting us down with knuckleballs. Yeah, like, he, yeah, I mean, what else do you want? You know, that was it for me. Yeah, scrolling through the list here, um, there's really not many guys that I'm I'm shocked that didn't go. Um, obviously, when you're only limited to two dudes from the Dodgers, that leaves a lot of guys open uh, that you can't take. Um, and I understand, you know, not wanting to take Tony Gonsolin, uh, given uh, all the injuries. Um, yeah, there's not really anyone here that that shocks me that that didn't go. Um, you know, maybe Johnny Lasagna from the Yankees. Yeah, but yeah. The Yankees had a bunch of guys really that like, definitely could have been drafted. It's just like when you see the list, it's like, well, you know, like Jose Trevino was yeah. a second round pick, and it's like he's he's not like it. He's definitely one of the most accomplished. But I mean, he's an all star. Like, how many all stars on the list? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So it's just like they had a lot of viable options. So they're going to leave some guys off that are like actually still pretty good. Yeah. Um, Why did you put James McCann on here? No one's taking James McCann. No, I mean, especially not off the Orioles, but like considering how horrible the catcher pool was overall. Like, no, I'm not paying James McCann $10 million. What's he owed? What's he owed? How how much deal is left? Oh, my God. This is important to cover it. Minute 170 of the podcast. He's owed twelve million dollars next year. Nine point, but nine point five are paid by the Mets. So let's say three million dollars. It was one year of control. It's stupid, anyways. Like it's just not worth trading for guys with one year of control. Kyle Stowers actually makes sense. Yeah, there's some. There's a lot of Orioles that are like justifiable, but again, we took two guys that are, you know, like solid. So yeah. My uh, honorable mentions, just the last two, are like Nate Eaton, who just, I don't know how you weren't the one who added Nate Eaton to this list, and like considering that the Royals were so poorly regarded, like it seems like he would have been a guy who went, like he's probably better than either Edward Olivares or Angel Zerpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's fine and adequate to be there, and like at least like interesting enough, oh, maybe he pitches. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then last but not least, Forrest Whitley would be hilarious just because it would be the funniest bit of all time to just start Forrest Whitley on opening day and have him make his MLB debut and be like, ah, here he is. He's ready to go. Oh, my God. Like, just you would get a lot of viewers. Well, opening day starter Forrest Whitley. What? Yeah, you lose out. Because that was the name I saw on this list. I was like, that would have been fun. It would have been nice. It really did not tailor this content at all. We did yeah. not tailor this to content, which TBD if we should have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it. You know, I think we got plenty of content out of it for our own warped, awful brains. Um, but yeah, there's there's a few on there like Forrest Whitley. It's like, damn, that is funny. You know, objectively funny. Yeah. Oh, you could do an all just like funniness expansion draft and end up with like the most entertaining roster in baseball but you're probably going to run a payroll of like 250 million and win 70 games yeah 
to be clear uh, for anyone not looking at the same file we're on, eligible to be drafted, Javi Baez, Starling Marte, Nick Castellanos, Marco Gonzalez. Uh, <laughs> Miles Straw. Miles Straw. Um, Trevor Williams. Trevor Story. Uh, Daniel Bard. Uh, let's see, David Bodie uh, was the Twins guy. That's the funny. That's that's my like first round hilarious selection because um, I barely remember his name. Um, <laughs> Randy Dobnak. Randy Dobnak. Randy Dobnak. <laughs> Who was given like a six year, seven million dollar contract and has somehow been worse than that. <laughs> he's he's not even like major five league year anymore in the minors. He's not, he cannot play. Um, so, yeah, lots of guys are, like, owed money where you're just like, I would never touch that with a 10-foot pole. would have been a lot funnier. Um, but, yeah, you just can't just can't do it. <laughs> you know? Avisel Garcia, like, I'm going to pay Avisel Garcia, like, $18 million next year just to be dog water. Like, awful. 556 OPS. Ugh. I, uh... So I good. think the right way to close this is just by like reading your rotation and my lineup because I feel like those are the worst parts of any team that we assembled. And I feel like rotation. Just, just because <laughs> one of the guys that I wrote on here has a you really ruptured shoulder. <laughs> I put I put likely to start. Injured to start 2024 on Huascar Noah, who was slotted in as my fifth starter. My first starter is Nick Frasso. Gone. Dead. Ugh. TJ Antone is my second starter. Coming Walking off dead. Tommy John. Has not pitched more than one inning in <laughs> two years. Uh, Luis Patino was a free agent like a month ago. Jackson Wolf is a worm. Huascar Noah. Coming off Tommy John, uh, and my remaining starter is Ian Anderson. The Cavaliers coming in. Uh, Josh and Absolutely Josh Winkowski is my only remaining pitcher left, who was a. I am going to use the term "good reliever." Last year, he had a 2.88 ERA and a 1.423 WHIP. So I don't believe <laughs> that at all. Focus, focus on the Congrats, good one. Josh. He did pitch 84 uh, innings, so he's like kind of a starter. But yeah, like the worst, the worst, really. Uh, the Virginia Beach Neptunes are rocking a lineup where our catcher will be a Blake. It'll be either Blake Sable or Blake Hunt. First base, we're starting Bobby Dahlbeck. Second base, we're starting Andrew Monasterio. Oh, Shortstop is going to be Nicky Lopez. Yep. <laughs> Third base is going to be Emmanuel Rivera. Our outfield is the really pleasant Jose Siri, Lawrence Butler, and Cade Marlowe. The totally fine outfield. It's just the infield is a smoldering crater. DH, we've got Richie Palacios. Sure. And then on the bench, we've got uh, Nick Gordon. The other, Blake, which everyone is not in the lineup that day. Uh, Ricky's brother, Joshua. And Christian Pache. Is that the softest hitting bench that's ever been conceived? Like, Dude, that is a team crap. WRC plus of like 65. That is like, a, yeah. we're going to strike out a third of the time as a team. We're going to, it's going to be rough. 
What do you think your projected team, and I'm sure we could like do this math away from this. What do you think your team projected on base percentage is? Oh, no. Keep in mind your team employs Bobby Dahlbeck, Jose Siri, <laughs> Nicky Lopez. <laughs> Andrew it's, it's, it's probably not cracking 290. It's, it's probably like 285, honestly. I was going to say 270. You're probably right, but it's I'm going to say 285. I think, <laughs> I'm gonna... I think my team is like, because I have Contreras, I have Cronenworth. You know, I think, I think my team upholds its bats and then just the pitching just goes wildly in a different direction so i mean i think it's i think it's a good way of contrasting this though that we did this exercise where seemingly every player's you know like ridiculous and stupid yet like we ended up with very different teams which is like yeah i I think it's kind of like a testament to how we did this like i think we did a good job even if we took this to the links of making it two hours of a podcast about it when no one cares I think we did a better hours, job three hours, hours really, professionals. On the total podcast, but like two and a half hours to yeah. adjust this. Yeah. <laughs> Deserved. We did do that. <laughs> oh my god. We need therapy. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to need therapy Pat after therapy this. First. This was... And this this makes me hate the idea we of expansion. Need mental help. Mental um, institution. If you've listened to this podcast in entirety, and pro, um, thank you. You join us in the mental institution. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see you there. You know, you deserve to to be with us. Okay. Why don't you play us um, out? Play us out the Neptunes and River Rats. Right, folks that is going to do it for this episode of rain delay radio thank you so much for listening rain delay radio executive produced by lewis my name is nine i edited this episode i also hosted the intro uh our segment which just continued on from last week's segment was uh brought to you by pat and dylan featuring ryan thanks once again to ryan for joining us and check out trades 10 years Com for some of Ryan's writings. Uh, our theme music was composed by Chuck Lee. Rain Delay Radio releases every Monday morning at 1 a.m. Eastern or Central Time, and we will talk to you next week. Bye! As an agent, uh, I think... Well... Guys, thank you for this. Um, you regret saying thank you. I won't say yeah, I'm grateful. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I won't. I won't say I'm grateful. Um, I my life is definitely different <laughs> now than it was three hours ago for sure. Um, Our know, over under was two we, we hours started, and fifteen minutes, and I had to stop. We started it. this. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, take the under. We started fun. this at nine thirty. It is. It is now the next day. <laughs> You know, we 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 did it. We we actually recorded over a two days. This will be a true so, you know, test of our listeners. If we have people wow. that are willing to listen to this, we have real friends out in the world. You, but you gotta you gotta leave a comment if you listen to all this way. You have to comment. What do, what do we want them to comment? Comment, um, scrotum gate. <laughs> yeah, com- comment scrotum, scrotum gate. gate. If you made it all the way here. Either or. Or Nate Eaton.
yeah, Nate Eden or Scrotum Gate or, you know, yes, yeah. So leave leave one of those, and uh, you know, hopefully your mental health just is tell better us than to mine. Stop doing this. Like that's a, also a viable way <laughs> yeah. of doing this. If tell like you told us, like, yeah, please tell, stop, tell stop for your own health. That's like we know that help. you listened. Yeah, we'll we'll get help. Maybe, probably not. My name's Pat. I was joined today by Dylan and Ryan from trades10yearslater.substack.com. Uh, Rain Delay Radio. Which player on this list Subscribe is going to be on trades 10 years later? Is it going to be... Is it going to be... Uh... <laughs> I think it's going to be... be Edward Olivares. <laughs> no, I was going to say it's going to be Fadal Peron. <laughs> oh, God. Um... Get us out of here. <laughs> nah, get us out of here. 